0: My name is Kit. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, a show that talks about TV shows and movies frequently, weekly, multiple times weekly. You know it, you love it, unless you don't. In that case, welcome. Today, we're talking about a very special movie requested by a very special person. Very special boy. Mm-hmm. Who's a patron of our show, Mike. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for choosing this movie. This is a very popular movie. This is a movie that I saw back in 20... 20- Fourteen? <laughs> I almost uh, <yes>. said 20,014.
1: <laughs> the the and year the, of our Lord, mm, 20,014. Uh, the di- second age. I
0: liked it, but I didn't view it as remarkable at the time. Mm-hmm. I gave it a very high score in Letterboxd, of uh, four stars and uh, proceeded to not think about it very much. Again, fast forward to the last few years. I've been chronically online even more than usual. Uh, talking about movies every day with movie lovers around the world, and discovering to my surprise that this movie is extremely popular, well loved among the younger crowd of cinephiles. The you units. know, considered the apex of uh, of erudite lovers of
1: moving pictures. Mm. And that movie, what a, I love all the words you just said. (laughs) You went from erudite to lovers of moving pictures. (laughs) (laughs) That
0: movie is Christopher Nolan's interstellar. And uh, yeah, uh, it's fun to revisit. I was, so I was really excited because I've been meaning to rewatch it because, you know, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, that particular experience of like, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, what a good movie. Never think about it again. All the time. Walk into a room. Oh, dude, one of the best ever. And you think, is it? (laughs) Did we watch the same movie? Uh, I'm not disagreeing with you because I don't actually remember much of it. But that's kind of why I'm disagreeing with you is because I don't remember much of it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. That was my experience of Interstellar. Uh, So what a delight to finally be forced to revisit it. uh, And I am excited to deliver my thoughts on where I land in this whole debat. Uh, Steve, I think you had a similar experience. You've seen the movie, yeah. hadn't, hadn't thought about it much. Yeah. You, you're not as chronically online, so you might not know the fervent love that there is for this movie, or maybe you do.
1: No, I was unaware that there was like some fervent love for this specific movie, Interstellar. I just assumed... Because, you Part know, the Nolan fan Christopher Nolan is so hot right now, like, you know, <laughs> like everyone loves Nolan films. And so I just assume like, oh, Nolan made this movie. People, you know, cinephiles fucking probably oh. film. Bro- yeah, film <laughs> bros are doing that on the rig. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so but, but yes, to your point, in 2014, I sat down, watched this. I remember liking it a lot at the time, but I never watched it again. I would think about it sometimes because there are some like pretty heavy moments in this movie. I would think about like, ah oh, man, that was really, really good. But sitting down and getting to watch it again was, was a huge, huge, huge joy. But also side note, just whenever like, like I, I looked up this movie, oh, it came out in 2014. That was just a couple of you oh, My God, it's 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Time really is a bastard. <laughs> you worked at the movie theater uh, when this came out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I worked this movie. Yep. Um, are we doing overall thoughts already?
0: Yeah, I want you to tell me your overall thoughts on Interstellar, and then we'll do a play-by-play, scene-by-scene recap of this uh, gargantuan movie, Interstellar. Yeah. What did I mean, you
1: think, No Steve? pun intended on the gargantuan <laughs> black hole. I, I know, actually, it was not intended. <laughs> no, so this movie, ah, man, I I love this movie. I absolutely adore this movie. I think I rated it four and a half stars on LBXD. Mm. And uh, it's sh- this movie impresses me on so many levels, I think. And this might be controversial. I might get some people uh, getting in the comments after me on this statement. But I think this is the last Christopher Nolan movie that I genuinely love. Like all of his movies since then, I think are good. Um, but th- I don't really care about them after I see them for the first time, like tenants, obtuse and kind of fun. Um, Dunkirk isn't my jam. Dunkirk came after this, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah. Dunkirk's not really my jam. And it, it, cause, because I think Nolan really kind of leans into this, like, isn't time something we can play with in film. And I think it works sometimes. And I think it doesn't work in others. Like, I don't think it works at all in Dunkirk, but you know, I'm in the minority of that one. But I think this movie specifically, he's working with time, but in a way that makes sense to the story. Like for instance, Oppenheimer comes out this year. And he's playing with the time and how things are edited in that movie. And I don't think it's necessary in that specific movie. It doesn't really hit me in a way. Whereas this movie, he's just, here's a movie. We're playing with time. It's pretty straightforward. This is a pretty straightforward edit for a Nolan film. Sure. And I really, really appreciate that. And I also think this is brilliantly written. It's one of the best, like you can really get in the weeds with the writing, the editing, and the production design in this movie because literally everything that happens, every single thing in the background means something. It comes back in some way, and it's very profound. And one of the things I really, and we'll get more into that when we do our scene-by-scene breakdown uh, to be specific in what I mean, but uh, another thing that I really, really appreciate about this movie is it is a sci-fi epic. You, you will... You will Be hard-pressed to find a movie that sci-fi is this hard. This is hard sci-fi. It's big. It's grandiose. The special effects are there. You know, it kicks so many sci-fi films out of the water in terms of what it's saying about time, relativity, all that stuff. But what makes the movie work and what elevates it to a movie that is just in the stratosphere, uh, what makes this movie interstellar, if I may, (laughs) is that... All the sci-fi, as great as it is, is just window dressing for this incredibly profound story about uh, a father giving up time with his children and the tragedy that is. He's got to go save the world and giving up time, literally giving up time with his kids. And that the fact that the movie is centered around that core idea, that core story, that's where all the emotional heft, the emotional weight. I, I'm a bawling mess like probably a fourth of this movie and I don't even have kids, but I'm bawling my eyes out because it hits me that hard as a 36 year old man. And it, it, I, I really, I can't say enough how much I just absolutely adore and love this movie because of how personal it feels. And I know there are like a lot of cynical people online who are like, Oh my God, love is the answer. Uh, and I understand where they're coming from. It is a little in terms of Nolan, Like if you're looking at the Nolan genre of films, this probably is the cheesiest, but I think within the, I think it works in the context of the story. Like there's a, there's a a anecdote by brand halfway through the movie where she's talking about how love is, is unquantifiable, but it's something that does other than gravity. It's the only other thing that transcends time, space, all that stuff. And that's so uniquely human. And because they lean into that, and that's part of the quantifiable answer to this all these you know huge physics stuff that they're talking about with time and relativity, I think that works. And because the movie is centered around this relationship between a father and daughter, it, it just all comes around and it's packaged so perfectly together. And that's why I, I really appreciate the love and care, no pun intended, that Nolan put into this movie specifically. You can see it on screen. And that's why I think this is one of my favorite Nolan films in general. It definitely is like in my top three for sure. Yeah.
0: What about you? I, I did love this movie. Uh, I got a comment immediately on my Letterboxd review. of Four stars only? Uh, people sometimes <laughs> drive me nuts on Letterboxd. Like, that's a high score.
1: You rated it really high? <laughs> really?
0: Um, Dick. I, I do think there's a lot of flaws with this movie, uh, which we'll get into. And I might be wrong. I might just be not understanding certain things, but... Um, also I think I th- I think that they'll disappear with successive rewatches. Uh I won't care as much. It's not as important. Um, you mentioned uh like love being a center not only the theme of this movie but plot device. Uh, and I actually think that's one of its strengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I say that as a huge fan of the Wachowskis. Um uh, folks who are famous for hard sci-fi that is extremely emotional and and uh, centered around things like love quite often like Ala, the matrix uh sense eight you know um all kinds of stuff so i like that a lot um it's really the last 15 minutes or so that drops this movie from being like a transcendent experience into a bit of an eye roll mm-hmm. and i think that that'll disappear with with rewatches but i i feel like it it overstays its welcome and kind of wraps things up a little too nicely and removes I, itself for me a little bit. I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. It does stay a little bit overpass its welcome. Um, it, Cause like there's this truly transcendent moment that, that I think operates as a Shyamalan twist, but also more than that. Um, I also was a father the first time I saw this, but barely. Uh, a very new father who's very immature and still processing things. Um, um, Did this also, hit way
1: different now that you've had oh, some yeah. time being a father? I
0: cried at least four times, H- hard. Not like, <laughs> yeah. not like oh, there's a tear I think welling up, but like a uh, racking sobs four times. Uh, I think Hans Zimmer's score. Oh, it's amazing. Pulls the most weight in that regard. Yeah. Um, this like this. It's fucking. He always partners with Nolan and does a great job. at this is. Th-
1: I think this is my favorite uh, Zimmer Nolan collaboration so. score. It's it was nominated for an Oscar that year. It didn't win, um, which I was actually surprised. I was like, who won that year? Because this is an amazing score. Oh, is the Grand Budapest Hotel score? That's a pretty banger score yeah. too. <laughs> okay, yeah. I get that. <laughs> it's just a strong year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is later in f- Nolan's
0: filmography. Um, you mentioned earlier. I mean, he he started with. His first debut feature was Following, which is kind of a student film. And then Memento, of course. He does Insomnia, then starts with Batman, does my favorite Nolan film, The Prestige. Prestige is my
1: favorite as well. right. Yeah. Uh,
0: Then The Dark Knight, of course, Inception, Dark Knight Rises, (laughs) and then Interstellar. Um, And so, and then Dunkirk, Tenet, and Oppenheimer. So, that's where we're at. Uh, Smack dab toward the high middle. Also, uh, so yeah, I had a daughter watching it this time specifically, and I'm- much closer to death than I was the first time
1: I watched it. <laughs> one foot in the grave, one I, foot on a banana peel. That's, that's Kit laser. And I've
0: always been, uh, an enemy of time. And so this movie should hit even harder than it does. Honestly, you know,
1: uh, I wonder how much of that is just, when your daughter toddles away, like into the like, if you're in the living room and she toddles into the kitchen, you're like, "Don't leave me, Murph! No, no, <laughs> no, no."
2: no,
0: Kind of. <laughs> uh, I do think there's this acknowledgement in this movie of like your kids being the most important thing, Um, but at the same time, like there's shit you gotta do, mm-hmm. and it's just unfortunate that you know there's shit I gotta do for her to have a life. I have to be away from her in certain aspects to not just to put the food on the table, but all kinds of stuff, you know, Yeah. Um, to show her what it's like to live your own life. Cause my parents were, uh, my mom specifically was obsessed with her kids to our detriment. Like she never shown us an example of living her own life. She never had any hobbies. She never went out with friends. She never did anything. And so by the time I was a teenager, uh, it was just kind of weird and sad. Yeah. You know, so even though I was really little, she was devoted and wonderful, you know, always there grateful for that. But I, you know what I mean? Like, she was never like, I'm going out with Caroline or anything, you know. It's like there was no Caroline. She was sat there chain smoking cigarettes, wondering what I was doing. And I'm like, I'm out with friends, you know. Anyway. Um, so I I, I love that aspect of it too. And there's that line, some stuff I caught this time, uh, where he tells Murph, When you're a parent, you become the ghost of your kid's future. Yeah. It's a great line. When he is literally the ghost of her future at that mm. at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, stuff like that is really neat. I love it. I love the stuff that Jonathan Nolan and Chris Nolan do together as writers. Um, the, we'll get into it as far as the problems I think it may or
1: may not have. And the cast is amazing. Uh, we haven't Incredible. really touched on. Like Matthew McConaughey, maybe his one of his best roles of all time. This is like during peak McConaughey. I was going to say, it's worth
0: mentioning what was happening at this time with Matthew McConaughey, a guy who... Uh, was typecast in romantic comedies, was turning down romantic comedy scripts. And they told him, you stop doing this. You may never work again. They offered him $20 million for a role in a rom-com. Because at the time, he was doing like Fool's Gold and Failure to How launch. to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Nothing but that. And he really wasn't validated as an actor.
1: Um, yeah, there's even a... a, a- I forget what movie it was, but even Nolan's like, I don't want to have McConaughey in this movie. He's not... And he saw... I forget what movie it was, but he saw McConaughey in something. He was like, oh, actually, he's great. I need him in this. It might have been Killer Joe, uh, because
0: he does... Ghosts of Girlfriend's Past in 2009. <laughs> Oof. And that's when he t- takes two years off. He's like, I'm not taking another role. Because he did two movies in two thousand, three Three movies in 2008, one of which was Tropic Thunder. That one's fire. Uh, and then he comes back with... <laughs> <Tucky. laughs> Lincoln, The Lincoln Lawyer, Bernie, and Killer Joe. Like these tiny movies. Killer Joe specifically is a William Friedkin fucking weird-ass movie that I love. Um, and that's probably what he saw was Killer Joe. Um, and then he does... Uh, Mud, which is a great movie. Oh,
1: it was Mud. Mud?
0: Yeah, it was Mud. You saying that reminded me of that, yep. He does Mud in 2012, then Magic Mike, uh, and then Dallas Buyers Club. Ooh, yeah. Where he wins an Oscar. The Wolf of Wall Street, where he's recovering from the severe weight loss of Dallas Buyers Club, and he looks the way he does in Wolf of Wall Street. And then True Detective, season one. Which is everybody's like, what the who the fuck is this guy? You know, which is weird because I didn't see the reconnaissance as happening the way that it was the way everybody else did. Because I grew up on uh, a time to kill Matthew yeah. McConaughey. That's yeah. just who I thought he was. I was like, this guy's always been a great actor. Right. I and I like drug comes.
1: I so, was always kind of in the same boat, too. Like, Connie is awesome. He just needed a chance. Yeah. Let, but let he, the man off the leash. He did a really, Let him eat. He did a really brave thing. Studios were
0: telling him, you're fucking up. You're never going to be who you think you are. We're never giving you this arts, artsy stuff. Uh, and True Detective was when it was like, all right, he's off the leash. Like, this guy's amazing, right? And then uh, Interstellar is, is right after True Detective. So this is your, as you said, the apex of the McConaissance. He really hasn't done, ironically, as also the end of the McConaissance, He hasn't done anything since then. He's great in The Gentleman. Uh, I never saw The Beach Bum, but he's in like The Dark Tower. He does a lot of voice work. Oh, I
1: forgot about Dark Tower.
0: I never saw (laughs) uh, Free State of Jones. Uh, I love his voice work in Kubo and the Two Strings and Sing, but I mean, that's not the same, right? Um, Yeah. And then that's it. I mean, he does a bunch of shit. What's going on right now? Where's the reconnaissance, man? Uh, But it peaked with Interstellar. That was the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to walk you guys through the reconnaissance because that's an important context for when this movie's coming out. But also legendary Ellen Burstyn from The Exorcist and yeah. many other things. Last Picture Show, all kinds of stuff. Jessica Chastain, Anne Hathaway, who had recently worked with him on uh, Dark Knight
1: Rises. Yep. John Lithgow. Love John Lithgow. I forgot he was in this. Honestly, so when he popped up, I'm like, oh, Donald, Timothy Chalamet was a jump scare for me. Dude, I don't wasn't think I knew
0: it? who he was when this first time I watched. this. No, I didn't know who he was. So when I was I watched like, this. what?
1: But then when like, what, what do you think? Like, fourteen year old Timothy Chalamet comes like sh- skulking out from around whatever corner he was in the beginning of the scene. It was like, oh. <laughs> let me drive, Dad. Walker. And then he turns into Casey Affleck,
2: <laughs> <right>?
1: <laughs> <laughs> which I hope doesn't happen. Which this is a that's another point that I think is amazing about this movie is I remember in the lead up to this movie, it's like, who's in this Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway's in it. Michael kinds in this, of course, cause it's a Nolan film. I, I totally didn't know fucking Matt Damon was in it either. Did, yeah. They kept Casey. When they that bag, secret. Secret. I was like, Whoa, Matt Damon is the biggest. I, for me, I think that might be the biggest, um, Whoa, <laughs> Matt Damon's in this, and and this is a year before the Martian came out. Is it's actually oh, funny? Yeah. It's actually funny. I was I was I was on the phone with Erica earlier this week, and she's like, "What what uh, what's the Patreon movie this week that you guys gonna watch?" I'm like, "Oh, it's Interstellar." And she goes, "Oh, is that the one with Matt Damon in space?" And I'm like, "Ah," and before I could answer, she goes, "Oh no, that's the Martian." I'm like, "Ah,"
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're still <laughs> you're still not, <laughs> not <off>. wrong. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's funny. Uh, and as well as, uh, you know, David Oyelowo, um, and Michael Caine, of course, it's a, it's a a Nolan movie. I lied to everyone. (laughs) Wes
1: fucking Bentley.
0: Oh yeah. Wes Bentley. (laughs) Or as I know him, the guy from hunger games.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What was he? He was in something fairly recently that we covered for the show. That was like a surprise. Wes Bentley shock. Like jump scare. Oh, I can't remember what that. you remember what that was? No, I don't. But it is. It was a thing, right? I'm not misremembering that. Uh, we didn't cover American Beauty, did we? No, 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 no. No. No, Irish Karen. Irish Karen. But yeah, Casey Affleck also. Like everyone's great in this. Uh, David. Uh, Gyasi, the guy who plays Rom, uh-huh. Romilly. I think that guy is great. I don't think, I'm not, I'm very unfamiliar with his
0: work, but. Yeah, Romilly's incredible, especially see more. that scene where they get back and it's been 20 something years. And he's been by himself. And he's kind of twisted and like, oh, hello.
1: That that scene yeah. in particular is, is so, maybe this is kind jump of jumping the gun, but I love his performance because right before they le- they leave the station to go down to the planet, he has that conversation with Cooper where he's like, it's really messing with me that there's just aluminum and plate and then nothing. And like, this is kind of freaking me out that I'm up here and like, Hey man, here's some, here's some, uh, Rainforest songs to sounds to fall asleep to see you in 23 years in your own personal hell.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you just go with him? Uh, he, well, he wanted to get, uh, uh information on the um, black hole to send back to, research. uh, to but he Ma- does nothing. Michael Caine.
0: He does nothing. And Michael Caine's not actually working
1: on I'm, it. I'm putting this on mute. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it on scene. <laughs> it
0: just says the check
1: mark, and he's like, "Ah." Oh. <laughs> and then, uh, young Murph is played by Mackenzie Foy. Isn't that the uh, the baby in Twilight? Or the no young way. R- uh, Resume, Renesme, remember? Renesme, not
0: resume. resume.
1: <laughs> uh, let me find
0: young Murph here. Young Mackenzie Murph. Foy. Is that's not Renesme, is it? It is does it? look like. <laughs> now that you're saying ah. that. <laughs> Twilight Saga! <laughs> it's Renesmee! <laughs> yep. No Murph, way. Don't be a werewolf, Merv! <laughs> no, she's a half a vampire.
1: Don't be that, Merv! I've seen those movies. <laughs> Just the one. I love Twilight. Alright. Yeah, this is such a great movie. It was nominated for Best uh, Original Score, Production Design, Sound Editing and Mixing. It did win for Best Special Effects. And, it's a beautiful movie. Yeah, budget of $165 million. Million made dollars. Made $731 million. Written by Jonathan and Christopher Nolan. Just, did, did you know, and I didn't know this, I was doing research for this movie. Did you know that this movie was originally, like, supposed to be made, like, a fucking decade before? And it was going to be Steven Spielberg. Mm. um, And uh, Kip, uh, I think his name's Kip Thorne, the, uh, the, the astrophysicist that, like, works closely with him to make sure the science, he was the one that kind of, he also worked with, uh, I'm sorry, on contact also Matthew McConaughey movie. And he and his partner had this idea for this movie like years prior and Spielberg was supposed to do it. And Jonathan Nolan was always set to write it. Nolan, Jonathan Nolan even went to like Caltech for four years to study relativity and shit to yeah. make sure like the science was right behind it. But then Spielberg obviously dipped out. I think there was a rights issue where um, his company went from Paramount to Studio uh, Disney Studios, and so he couldn't make the movie anymore because it was it was owned by um, Paramount, and there was a whole rights issue with Warner Brothers as well. But yeah, it was just this, there's actually this long story to history of how this movie eventually got made, and Nolan eventually. Was uh, his brother was like, "Hey, buddy, you wanna? I'm writing this movie. You wanna help me?" He's like, "I'm gonna write it the way I want to write it," and <laughs> sort of did its own little spin on it. It's about love. But when you know that, when you when you, I feel like because this was kind of a it unlocked a thing for me. Where if you know that this movie was originally supposed to be a Spielberg movie, that makes so much fucking sense. I think you would have made a very different but great version of it. Yeah, because I mean, even the first third of this movie is basically uh, Close Encounters of the Third mm. Kind dude like finds some anomaly gets obsessed with it eventually that leads him to go into space and then also like so much of the movie is centered around the kids and the relationship with the dad that's yeah. so spielbergian it's not necessarily something i attribute to nolan per se um but it would have been nolan, from the, it would have been more from murph's perspective though yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> right but then, the, I, I i i that, I, that was like that makes total sense that this has spielberg's thumb on it somewhere yeah not to take anything away from nolan because he did change the Ending and stuff like that to what it is. Oh, my but, favorite part.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's a great flick. Like I said, and I I don't know when I'll revisit it again, uh, but I'm so glad that I did. And it's it, it it was higher in my estimation than last time. Um, and I think it's the type that'll continue to go up. Yeah. Um, It'll age like fine wine. It will. It's a fine wine movie, but it opens with uh the blight and the dusty crops and like these interesting old people telling stories, which we come to find out at the end of the movie is kind of like a museum. You know, when you walk through a, a monument and you see those videos of the survivors playing and stuff, yeah. that that's what those interviews are.
1: Um, these interviews are actually taken from a, <coughs> from a Ken Burns documentary about the dust pole, dust about pole. the real. And all these people are except for um, Ellen Burstyn, who's the first person that shows mm-hmm. up on screen um who's supposed to be Murph, Murph. an old Murph. They're all actual uh, survivors of Dust Bowl talking about the Dust Bowl, which was a real-life calamity that happened in the thir- 2030s? Great Depression era, right? Yeah,
0: uh, We're talking about John Steinbeck-type shit right now, which is probably symbolism for Nolan, like maybe some like uh, Americana kind of, I don't know, man, like we're at the, the cusp of another revolution. I don't know, man. I'm sure there's something there. And he has... uh, Matthew McConaughey's character, Cooper, has like a nightmare of his crash. He's a pilot. That's what we know of him so far. That's a real crash that happened. He wakes up. John Lithgow is his uh, wife's father, his wife Mm -hmm. who passed away. And he has two children, Timothee Chalamet, who plays uh, Tom, Tom, and Murph, who is apparently (laughs) Renesmee. And
1: they're having like breakfast, talking about Murphy's ghost, you know. Uh, She's got... so I love, Nolan does this a lot where he spoils the ending to his movie like right off the jump, but mm-hmm. it's very subtle because I think Merce's first line is like, I thought you were my ghost when she goes into Cooper's bedroom. Yeah. And it's like, oh, hey, <laughs> he is. He is. Um,
0: and uh, yeah, so they, they kind of poke fun of her. He's a man of science. He, he's also not, I don't want to say a good father, but he's a very busy guy. He's, he's more concerned with things out in the world. And, you know, John Lithgow's character has to be like, Sit down, deal with this. You know, plus you have a parent-teacher conference, you know, and he's like, ah, th- listen, Murph. Uh, goose aren't real. Is that good? Do you feel better? You know?
1: <laughs> it has to be you can't just be scared of it. It's gotta be science. You yeah. gotta read the data, analyze the data, and do spearments, experiments.
0: Experiment. Yeah, do spearments. <laughs> By the way, no better casting than Matthew McConaughey for this. He's perfect. This guy that's supposed to be uh charismatic and brilliant, but also this kind of Indiana Jones-esque. Uh, sense of adventure and and but also kind of like able to 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 take in strange stimuli new like oh uh, we're going backwards in time now and just be okay with it that's how, who he actually
1: is as all right, a person. all right all right, <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like it's just perfect casting um also i love <laughs> the casting of um john lithgow as our aging millennial <laughs> like yeah. we are John Lithgow in this movie. No. Um, it, and that's another thing I love about this movie is the the world is facing this apocalypse, right? Mm-hmm. Of this blight that's like destroying every crop there is except corn. Yes. And eventually who knows how long that's gonna last. And it's choking the it's stealing all the oxygen out of the out of the world. But I love how because in most movies the apocalypse are either already in the apocalypse and it's like just a desert wasteland and it was nukes. Or like you're in the middle of the apocalypse happening. I love how we're in the middle of this apocalypse happening, but it feels so much more terrifying and real because it's just the slow. It's like, just climate stuff. Oh, the, the apocalypse is going to take like 40 to 60 years to actually kill every one of us off. We're just slowly yeah. dealing with it. Still trying to play then. baseball. Yeah. With uh, some real shitty Yankees.
0: Did you get the sense that a lot of other countries are gone already because of their inability agriculturally, or a lot of other places are gone because there's no war anymore. He says, isn't that a line?
1: Yeah, that is a line. I don't know if they're necessarily gone, but there is this theme where the world has stopped creating things and they've put all their eggs into the propaganda of gotta be farmer, gotta be a farmer because there's such a food shortage. And they do that in subtle ways where, you know, you go to when they go to the school, there's like, like a teacher conference, parent teacher conference or, you know, obviously they're talking about the, being a farmer. But then like all the kids drawings in the backgrounds are of tractors and shit there. Their, their farm specifically, you see mountains in the background. That's n- usually not where you grow crops is near mountains. Yeah. And um, but they do mention that, you know, India shut down their NASA program or their version of NASA around well, 10 the, years ago. The drone is like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if they're necessarily gone, but they definitely, everyone has reprioritized their needs to, you know, everyone's a farmer. Everyone's going to be a farmer. That's the way we keep the, we're a caretaker, you know, generation. We have to keep farming. Technology's bad. We didn't go to the moon. That's all this propaganda <laughs> Yeah, yeah like, There's like moon deniers. Yeah. Are that is like the official thing like oh that we fake the moon landing so that the soviets would spend all their money and go bankrupt and that's how we defeated the we're trying Soviet to get Union. away from
0: the excess of the 20th century
1: yeah i guess
0: my curiosity is around how many people are left in this world because it just seems to be so focused on this one town and it seems like murph when she quote-unquote saves the world all she does is takes her town with her <laughs> Cause they, they're building what I think is a mobile space station. Yeah. So They're actually building as a ruse to keep people invested. So mm-hmm. they're able to actually in the NASA facility, just fly away in that building. Essentially that's the, the end of the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, but take who just that town, right? Should they leave everyone else on earth to die well, because have- nobody else built that building that can fly?
1: Well, I think it's implied through like very subtle, you know, clues in the background is that, um, all of the money is going into these projects. So I think you can infer that there's multiple of these around. We're just seeing Murph's one. Maybe. Because even like when they're in the I think parent- it's funnier to imagine she just
0: took her friends. Yeah,
1: bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even like the parent teacher conference scene when he's like, well, you're not letting my kid go to college. I pay my taxes. Why can't he go to college? And they're like, oh, you know, your taxes aren't going to school. It's because they're all going to the space program in secret but they Mm -hmm. can't be open and honest about that because uh the public opinion is very anti space exploration like Mm -hmm. why would you waste money on space when we gotta grow corn nobody likes space we all love corn it's (laughs) corn. it's got the juice (laughs) it has the juice i love Um, the small detail that everything they eat is corn everything is corn like they got like corn pancakes and John Lithgow's like, I hate eating popcorn at the baseball yeah. game. I want, a, I, I want want a hot, hot dog.
0: dog. <laughs> what even is a hot dog? We don't know. Um, so he goes, to, he goes to the parent-teacher conference. On the way, he gets a flat tire. He makes Tom change it without telling him how. We got to patch the tire. I ain't always going to be here, man. Figure it out. Anyway, what's up, Murph? I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't <laughs> uh, care about Timothy. He'll be
0: fine. We find out she's named after Murphy's Law because her and Tom had argued. And she's like, why'd you name me after a bad thing? He's like, it's not a bad thing. It's everything.
1: Whatever can happen, will happen. We thought that sounded pretty cool. Also, there's a lot of of bad stuff.
0: Uh, (laughs) And then there's the big drone chase scene where he lets Tom drive while he's trying to, like, uh, what's the word? Commandeer the the old Indian drone so he can take it apart and, like, put it in one of his automatic combines. He almost Mm -hmm. drives right off a cliff. Uh, well, I guess that answers the riddle on whether or not you'd drive off a cliff if I told you to. Yeah, <laughs> good. He, he's so chill. Like, it's only Matthew McConaughey could pull that off without taking me out of the story. He's very
1: trusting of his kids, yeah. you know?
2: They're precocious uh,
1: little scamps. They're both really smart. Yes. Murph is Murph's the, the smartest, but she's Tom's already in no trouble out at the parent teacher conference for
0: being too smart for her teachers. So she gets suspended. Yeah. Uh, Tom's scores are great, but means he'll be an excellent farmer. Um,
1: I, there is this part later in the movie where he's like, so-and-so's he's like, I'm number two in my class. So-and-so is still giving me C's though. Yeah. To me, that reads as like they're purposely tanking his score. So he has to be a farmer Yeah. because that's just the world they live in. They're For sure. purposely making like, even though he could be a genius like her, he's not the number one person. So they're okay with. And then eventually he's out. like
0: this abusive resigned to his fate guy that won't even let his family. He, like, lost, leave his the he yeah. lost his
1: hope. farm. He lost his hope.
0: Because he lost his his first kid dies, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Jesse dies, yeah, unfortunately, because he's got the blight.
0: Yeah, there's no military anymore. Um, And we find out that he used to be a pilot, but he's also an engineer, which is apparently an astronaut. Well, they say pilot, but then they're like, they want him to fly the space shuttle. So it's like, so he's an astronaut? Or maybe it's so far in the future that that's what planes are like. Well, I
1: think most pilots, astronauts are pilots as well. They start off as piloting aircraft and then they transition into spacecraft. I, I think it's vastly different, though, right? Like with
0: the with the no gravity and the
1: well, sure, you have to you know, learn a different you know method. But I'm pretty sure, like almost all, there are pilots in. They have to pilot the spacecraft, but and they're and like
0: astrophysicists as well. Yes, which is and I. They made it sound like he was like a Top Gun guy, but he's not. He's like an astronaut guy. Yeah, he was was a test pilot. But then there's also a scene, I'll I'll tell you, there's a scene where they explain something to the clearly brilliant Cooper that was taught to me in the movie Event Horizon. (laughs) (laughs) And Stranger Things. Come on.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I do like this. This is another another little hint that I think the, the script is so good is they're wondering like, why is this... Why is this drone from India here? It's been flying around for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Why did it come here? It's cuz they're drawn to the magnetic anomalies happening on their farm. Ooh, I didn't even same with like the 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 the, the later on when all the farm equipment like drives up to the farm. Yeah. They're they're all being drawn to the magnetic gravity that's happening in their house, which is uh the result of Cooper mm-hmm. in the yep. black hole, right? Yep. yep. Um And then, uh, so the drone thing, I think in the original draft of the script, that was what Spielberg would have made. Uh, The drone was going to be the answer. Like the drone was going to be the thing that they send the information back to, which is like, it's kind of weird. I don't know if I like that one.
0: But it also is a point now where like the drone is for for what purposes the scene with the drone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I think it's only world building in terms of like, it's looking for the anomaly, but also it kind of shows how the relationship of Murphy and, or Murph and uh, Coop. Yes. Coop and Murph. Uh, Especially
0: the scene where she stows away in his truck is where that relationship, I think blossoms. But we also find out in the parent teacher conference that his ex-wife died of of, a brain cyst that would have been discovered had they used resources for an MRI. He's up. He's very angry about that. He gets Murph suspended. Uh, This is when we see the combines go haywire. They're all surrounding the house uh murphy's quote-unquote ghost has been knocking books off the shelf uh she keeps trying to figure out if they're if it's morse code that they're saying and yeah, there's
1: a pattern to it
0: and then uh she's like no there's nothing special about which book i've been so she's treating it like science now as requested by her father um he's outside talking to gramps about the magnets and conference results uh drinking some burrs probably corn beer I Um, I
1: love the line where, because he's saying, you know, Donald's saying, like, back in my day, there were six billion people trying to have it all. Can you imagine that? We used to make new gadgets every, you know, every other day. And then Cooper says something like, we used to look up at the sky and wonder about our place in the stars. Now we just look down and worry about our place in the dirt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's an explorer, man. I love it. Yeah. And, uh, and and that's when John Lithgow looks at him and says, you're the one that doesn't belong here. Your kids are fine. They fit in. You know,
1: I don't give a fuck. Time will be great. I'm dying. I'm chilling. I'm you just were born corn beer. 40 years too early or too late.
0: All I need is corn and porn. You're the one that wants the stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my next note is more old folks and i don't oh it's the uh interviews things again <laughs>
2: yes.
0: more old folk. more old folks uh we get the baseball game scene the popcorn instead of the hot dogs and then a giant dust cloud it's kind of like a, a a quiet place or something you know the, the alarms go off a dust cloud comes in mm-hmm. we got a mask up and then he tries to drive back to the house the wind is crazy um they run for the house murph's window is open she runs upstairs panicking and the dust, the dust is blowing in. It's falling funny. The dust is falling funny. It's falling in a pattern. Damn, it's dusty outside. It's not uh, a ghost,
1: it's gravity.
0: Yeah, he was in there all night trying to figure out what Murphy's ghost was doing because she he's just sitting there still when she wakes up.
1: I love Donald's one line, like, can you clean up the house when you're done praying and whatever that is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: because he's so interested in it and he doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. It's not a nose, a ghost, it's gravity. And he said it's not Morse, it's binary. Thick is one, thin is zero. Uh, Your mother was thick. And then uh, he realizes that it's coordinates um, and it's, this shows a place on a map nearby is what the coordinates point to. Mm -hmm. He tells her it's too dangerous. I don't know what's there. You got to stay here. He finds her stowed away in his truck and he's really proud of her for that when he finds her, you know,
1: he loves it. Uh, It is kind of funny. He was like, you can't go in here. And then they cut to him like back in the house. They were outside. Yeah. Now he's back. And I was like, Murph, I'm leaving. I'll see you later. Yeah. All that rascal snuck in. Yes.
0: I don't have to be lonely. I meant Man, to, it's not my fault. Meant to
1: do it. <laughs> um, yeah. They, so yeah. I laughed real loud at this hard at the scene. So the, the coordinates take them to this, like, you know, it's nighttime. It's, it's a spooky. gated area. There's a gated area. Um, you know, Matt, uh, Cooper. Kind Again, of walks he likes out. her to side big, big, like spotlight hits him. And you can hear him like, put your hand to the ground. There's like some sort of security guard or something. And you can hear him get tased. Yeah. And then the light walks over to Murph and, and, and it's just like, do not be afraid. Yeah. And Murph's like, ah!
0: <laughs> That's very Spielbergian <laughs> as well. I felt like uh, yeah, uh, this yeah. whole scene is great because I like that. It's kind of up to her. Cause he doesn't like want to break the law or what he wants. To, he's trying to really hard to be a dad, but he, so he goes, well, Guess that's the end of the road, kiddo. There's a fence here, so we're not allowed to go over it. And she goes, "Didn't you bring the bolt cutters?" A sleeve, and he's like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" Boss <laughs> <laughs> said to bring out the bolt cutters. All right, all right, all right. Said, that's my girl, you know. But then he gets tased and taken. The don't be afraid scene's hilarious. Tars is fucking hilarious. I fucking love Tars. The whole movie. Honestly, I love me some. Uh, I love me some BB-8 and R2D2. Oh yeah, but, but I'm of actually course. a K2SO K2SO girly. Mm-hmm. Tars is up there, dude.
1: Tars is great. I mean, it's I it's I love good. Tars because he doesn't. He just sounds like a dude. He doesn't. It's not. I am a robot. Please let me be a robot. It's just hello. I'm I'm Tars and the robot. But he also looks like a fucking fridge that just yeah. The, <laughs> the whole design wobbles of it's around. So it's, interesting. Yeah, it's very uh, uh, brutalist. Like it looks like mm-hmm. the monolith from 2001: um, A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. But like it's a monolith. was like. I'm gonna run at you now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Especially the scene on the water planet when you can see what they can do. It's like, oh, yeah, like a little
1: pinwheel. Mm-hmm.
0: It's so cool. Uh yeah, we meet Tars, we meet Dr. Brand Anne Hathaway, who is the daughter of Dr. Brand, Michael
1: Caine. Um, should we call her Amelia? Sure. Just for just for people so to understand pe- better. People when 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 like Cooper's like and Cooper looks at uh Brand lovingly, it's like, oh, yeah, it's oh start- thank you for looking at me like that, Cooper. <laughs>
0: Uh, They've been working out. They meet in the conference room because he's being really stubborn about telling any info. Uh, We see Michael Caine and uh, Wes Bentley and all the crew who plays Doyle. Um, He says that it was a gravitational anomaly that brought him here, and they all get really excited. And he's like, "I'm glad y'all are real fucking excited." However, (laughs) where am I? You know,
1: find out they're NASA. This cracked me up. He's like, "Where am I?" And they're in a like a conference room. It's like, "Glad you asked." And they like press a button in the back wall just opens up to a fucking
2: a rocket, rocket ship bat. yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> like what the fuck uh
0: we didn't know where to put the conference room <laughs> this is where i got i kind of one of like a few eye rolly things but it's fine i can't stress that enough guys but we're nasa who you used to fly for oh he's an astronaut you know like it's like that's so different to me than uh, all right, make sure your seat tables and, you know, seat backs and tray tables. You know, it's way different. Like, like there's so many different tiers of pilot. Well, the and movie, I feel like NASA pilot is so much higher. Well, the movie opens up with him doing
1: his failed test flight for them.
0: I guess maybe and I it, wasn't paying attention to it, the pilot it, crash as it much. It fails but.
1: because so it, it, when, he's, when he's driving, the person on the intercom is actually the voice of TARS. So in theory, like, the reason he crashed is because the the robot took over the flight and that's why he crashed. That's why like, he, he says that later he has that distrust of these robots when he uh-huh. first joins the crew, which I think was, is, is great. Uh, any, anytime a movie has a character that's like, I hate robots. And then by the end of the movie, they're like, ah, you're my new son, robot. Timothee Chalamet can eat one. Yeah. They put, they put him back together. And <laughs> Casey like, Affleck can definitely eat one.
0: They find his old robot. Um, They, they tell him, look, the corn's going to die soon too. We need to get people to, we need another planet right the last people to there's so many good lines in this fucking movie dude yeah the last people to starve will be the first to suffocate is such a good line yeah um and then uh they won't tell cooper any of their plan until he agrees to be the pilot and they tell him they chose you they being this fifth dimensional being that they 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 believe is helping them out here
1: um (laughs) yeah and he says like uh (sighs) the name of the mission is the lazarus mission and he goes like, mm. and, and Matthew McConaughey is like, that doesn't sound great. And he's like, well, Matthew, he's like, Lazarus came back from the dead. And he's like, well, he had to die first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Depends
0: on if I'm a glass half empty guy, um, which is
1: interesting because in the, which is such a, it's another hint to what's happening. Because if you know that context of who Lazarus is, that's a hundred percent. Dr. Brand's plan is humanity's going to die on the planet and the real plan is to see these new Project Lazarus. new people on a different, <laughs> the, the embryos are going to create humanity on a different planet but so like it's also kind of in
0: reference if <clears throat> depending on what you believe happened to cooper yeah okay. which is kind of the biggest problem with the movie I don't like having to die first which is weird because my biggest fault with this movie is like something I would normally love um like cake and eat it too kind of thing you know um we'll get there Uh, But yeah, so there's multiple gravitational anomalies. The most significant of which is by Saturn. It's a fucking wormhole. We all know what wormholes are at this point. It's a move. It's a cinematic language of its own at this point. Yeah. They do still still take pains to explain it just in case. And we find out that they have already sent people through the wormhole. There were 12 missions for 12 possibly habitable worlds led by Dr. Man later played by Matt Damon. He's a real man's man. There's one of the systems that has three worlds that show promise. Uh, and the entire facility that they're in is a space station. There's a plan A where they all take, I don't know, my my estimation, the town, maybe all <laughs> living people on Earth to this new planet. Plan B, they at least take embryos and just set up a colony and everybody on Earth dies. Yeah. Um, but the human race will survive. He goes back to tell Murph that he has to leave for an undisclosed amount of years. She's very upset and won't even speak to him. Um and this is when he tells her that little speech about because like Lith goes like go make it right before you leave uh, Tom will be and I love how they're like fuck Tom yeah, Tom will be fine Tom will be fine he don't even know who you are see you tomorrow he Dad he fucking loves farming yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right son he's so fucking dumb <laughs> <laughs> but he tells her that his mother her mother told him when she was born that now we're just here to be memories for our kids. Um, You're the ghosts of your children's future. God, it's such a good line. Cause it's, it's an Easter egg, but it's also a beautiful line. Um, and she deciphered the message and it says, it says stay. And the scene plays like she's just a kid panicking and making that up so that he won't leave. And that's how he interprets it. Yeah. But she, in fact, read the Morse code of the books and it does say stay because it's fucking him telling him not to leave. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, which if he didn't leave, he he wouldn't be there anyway. <laughs> timey-wimey yeah. stuff but timey-wimey. it's unfortunate that you do
1: have to leave your kids like i had to come here and pod steve i had, I had to. to you had to it's <laughs> the same thing you, you hold on i got a video message of your adult daughter right now <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> um i i really love this the editing of this so you know he's like please don't make me leave like this murph and she's just mad at him and right as he's about to leave the room a book falls and um Oh, well, before he, before that happens, he he's trying to make her feel better. where He's got he got our watch. He's like, Tom's going to move differently for me. I might be the same age as you when I get back. And then she's like, that
0: makes her more sad. because She's like, wait, you're going to be gone for 20 fucking years. You don't know
1: how long you're going to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's when she really loses it. Uh, and he leaves, says his goodbye. I do like this one little bit where he's Tom's like, can I have your truck? Is that like, you mean your truck? <laughs> Turbo. Even though we're
0: many years in the future, I drive a 2012 Ford.
2: <laughs> and Casey still Affleck
0: be is there. still driving that 30
1: years later. Yeah. I know. I guess he's just fixing it up. Uh But the the, the the sequence of him... That shit ain't gonna last but a couple years, folks. <laughs> Especially in that dust storm? Yeah. Oh, shit. The, the scene of him driving away... Is so well edited together because it's you hear the the launch countdown and they have a camera mounted on the side of the truck similar to how they have the cameras uh, on the side of a rocket as it's taken off. Yeah, and oh, I didn't catch that. There's that one little bit where he sneaks a look under the blanket to see if Murph actually did like hide away with him and she's Stop. not there and he's just like, oh my god, I'm crying because then she busts out of the the house like, Dad, no way! This I was I time number bye. one
0: where I was racking sobs.
1: Oh. They should have just. Because my daughter's
0: only one, but she does that. Like when I go to work and stuff, she Mm -hmm. goes no, no, bye bye, no. And like she doesn't understand that I. She just thinks in her little baby brain, like you're choosing to leave for no fucking reason. We were watching Elmo and playing with toys, and you're a dick, and you're done playing. (laughs) You want to go outside, bye-byes without me. I would I would go outside, bye-byes, and yet you're not inviting me, and this is pain. You know what I mean? And it's knowing that she doesn't understand is painful. Yeah, and there's a great scene later where he we've realized the full truth that he doesn't tell her that he's saving the world. Otherwise, she wouldn't be mad, right? And there's a reason why. Yeah, he wants to protect her. Um, First rule of parenting is you don't tell him the fucking world's gonna end. (laughs) Yeah, That's a great line. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So anyway, that's so painful. We get the countdown, the launch. Uh, We get the whole great thing where TARS kicks up, where we gave him a humor (laughs) setting to kind of lower our stress. And he's like... I'll blow you out the airlock or whatever. And he's uh, it's so great because what? he said, can we have a light indicating when you're joking at least? And he's like,
1: sure. You can uh, you can see it. You can <laughs> use it to find your way back after I blow you out of the airlock. Yeah. And the, and then the light just
0: turns on. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> how about like,
1: we bring that humor down to
0: 75 <laughs> percent? <laughs> and then his honesty setting is at 90 percent because we get this whole exchange with. He and uh, Amelia, and Amelia says, Can we just like not talk right now? Your voice is kind of annoying. You know, it's a version of that. And <laughs> yeah. he's like, Damn, uh, you, you're not supposed to be that. And she's like, I'm just trying to be honest. And he's like, Well, you're not supposed to be that honest. Tars, what's your honesty setting? 90%, because you know, it's great for social interaction. And you know, mm-hmm. and he Sometimes looks at her like 100%
1: honesty is bad for diplomacy.
0: Yeah. And he's like, See? You know, and that's it's just a cute thing that comes. Oh God, it's so good. I think I did rate this too low at four stars. In fact, (laughs) Um, but there's also another robot on board, Case. Case, who is nowhere near as sarcastic. And at first, he pretends to prefer Case because he's more straightforward.
1: Um, There's one line that Case has. I can't remember where it's at in the movie, but at one point, he's like, "Tars talks enough for the both of us." (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. even Case is kind of sarcastic in that regard. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so they. They dock with the space station and start spinning to simulate gravity. Uh, That's, yeah. Which is really neat. And then it's going to take them two years to travel to Saturn, which I think with our current space travel capabilities would take a lot longer. Probably. I think it would take a couple of years to get to fucking Mars right now. I,
1: th- uh, I think if you do it right, it's like six months maybe. I don't know. I could be wrong. How I long be wrong.
0: would it take to get to Mars?
1: Let's find that out. Googs, what are you saying? What's says,
0: saying uh the spacecraft departs earth at a speed. It doesn't matter what it doesn't matter. The trip to, to Mars will take about seven months. You're right. Bam, 300 million miles. You are correct. That is correct. Now I have to take my shirt off.
1: You just got a slingshot around the moon, baby. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Fly me to the moon.
0: Um, did
1: Frank Sinatra just walk in
0: (laughs) also I think the Dylan Thomas quote one of my favorite poems of all time is the first poem that we read in like middle school that I was like teacher is this bars (laughs) you know what I mean like it affected me profoundly emotionally at at 11 years old and I didn't understand why I didn't understand that words put together in a certain sequence could do this to a human being yet Mm -hmm. and this was my first experience of that However, they, they bring it back a lot. You know, rage, rage against the dying of the light.
1: I get the feeling that um, when Amelia reads all her messages from her dad, it's just him saying that yeah. every fucking time. And she's like, okay, dad. You know how phones
0: used to have email signatures? Texts used to have email signatures? Yeah. Like when texting That's was it. first invented. <laughs> yeah. That is totally his. Do not go gently into that good night. If you've been onto my MySpace, because I love that poem I put on there.
1: Old age should burn and rave at close of day. <laughs> rage. Rage against the dying of the light. But also this poem
0: does Michael Caine reflect. (laughs) You didn't write that, Michael. (laughs) No one remembers that I didn't write this.
1: I'm actually the author of that film, of that poem, Dylan Thomas. That's me, Michael Caine. You can't prove it. You can't prove it. Well, so we did not go to the moon. I definitely didn't do that. I think (laughs) it was Stanley Kubrick's film. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's a 2001 a Space Odyssey. Mm -hmm. They look the same. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. This episode was sponsored
0: by BetterHelp. Folks, it's 2024. What does everybody do in the new year? They make resolutions. They set goals. How about we don't do that? I mean, you can. It's obviously nice to have goals, but it's also a good exercise to focus on things that you like about yourself. You know, not making all those high pressure goals that you might fail at and just feel worse. You can set smaller goals. And I think therapy can be a good way to access things that you enjoy about your life and focusing on the positive, the gratitude. And BetterHelp is a good way to do that if you've never given better help a try it's therapy that's entirely online you can do it all from your home and access a therapist by filling out a questionnaire and if you end up not liking that therapist you can switch again along with the theme of this ad uh, no pressure whatsoever they're not gonna have their feelings hurt by it so if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try celebrate the progress you've already made visit betterhelp.com streaming things today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help
1: h-e-l-p.com
0: streaming things
1: It's the month of February, so you know what time it is. It's time to thank our patrons. Every single one of you that helps keep the lights on at streaming things, thank you so much. But we want to give a special shout out to our super patrons, and here they are. Thank you to Stanton Valentino, Madelstat, Bryce Coppin, Susie Callahan, Anthony Corona, Sunshine, Huckleberry Cauliflower, Ashley Hazen, Mike from New Hampshire, Brett X, Emily Scarano, Will. Tickler, Svento7, Jay Scramo, pump A.K. Ashley Ray, Wendy O'Loughlin, Jason Hawkins, Big Butthorn, Conrad, Kaylee Sampson, Rabbit Dog in a Barbie car, Charlie Friday, Alexis Adler, Peaches, Emmy, Haley B., Joe Velez, Michelle, John Collins, Amber McVeigh, Amanda King, Trisha Bueller, Sun Loving, Mortal, Suzanne Road, Lauren Waller, Jen Robinson, Khalisha Reeves, Aaron Armstrong, Kevin Strother, Ashley Powers, Stephen V, Casey McCain, and of course, Enza. And with that, let's get back to the show.
0: They decide to go to Laura Miller's planet first. There's three people that they're visiting. Laura Miller, Wolf Edmonds, and Dr. Man himself. Um, The man himself. They're going to Laura Miller's planet first. They hope to rescue each person, but also find a livable planet. And uh, they have this philosophical discussion about whether or not nature can be evil. Um, and we also realized that through the protagonist, Cooper, that uh, Amelia is in love with Wolf Edmonds. And he's like, hmm, file that away for later.
1: Because Cooper has a lot of empathy and he really picks up on very quickly that Amelia reacts differently whenever Wolf Edmonds' name is brought up. Yeah. So he thinks there's something going on. All right, all right,
0: all right. Y'all was boinking.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not judging.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, He leaves uh, a message for his kids. Uh, This is the scene where Kane brings um, Cooper's truck back for Tom and he decides to teach him. Would you like to learn astrophysics in the meantime?
1: Sure. Sure, I guess. I hate school. Yeah. um, What are your thoughts on poetry by Dylan Thomas? (laughs) You're going to hear it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so
0: we cut to them it's been a couple of years i guess because they're by saturn now they're at the wormhole
1: um i love that t- that shot where it's uh you can see saturn in the rings and just their tiny little ship passing in front of it it's saturn looks cool. fire yeah uh coop is
0: watching his messages from his kids murph has refused to leave him one but he gets one from fucking john lithgow and tom of course has nothing better to do
1: hey dad i did the farming again today yeah
0: i got another girlfriend um and then coop gives uh romilly his uh earth sounds this is the part where he's really scared because he's like there's just fucking a couple inches of aluminum and then nothing man death like you know most yachters can't even swim it's like (laughs) us because we can't swim in space it's a good metaphor here's
1: some crickets i love your folksy anecdotes coop (laughs)
0: um this is the dumb scene where he's like why is the wormhole a sphere I didn't take high school science, but I'm an astronaut. And I, she's like, here, I I'm going to do the, an- the pen and the paper thing that everybody I know, does.
1: I know the answer, but for all the people in the back, that might be dumb. <laughs> Could you explain it in practical terms? I don't think Doyle gets it. <laughs> <laughs> Doyle turns around, <down> like, what? <laughs> just, just let him over here. Just, yeah, let, let dipshit know what we're doing. <laughs> um, and then they go
0: through the wormhole. And we get the first handshake with the fifth dimensional beings like because Amelia reaches out to it. Yeah, and that's something we kind of... Which is actually Coop.
1: We kind of breezed over is that this, this wormhole that they're using to look into other galaxies and, and travel through was artificially placed there by some sort of gravitational fifth dimensional beings that they are interpreting as being helpful to mankind and are trying to help us save ourselves. Yeah. And so there's this gravitational anomaly and... Amelia reaches out and there's this like little handshake moment. They're like, "Wow, we had first contact with these fifth dimensional beings. How cool!" Yeah, it warped her fingies. I saw it. I, I are
0: "Okay." Um, and Doyle's like, "No," because he's a pussy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Miller's planet is too close to the black hole to gargantuan, and uh, so they decide that it's going to be a pickle going down there because every hour on that planet will be worth seven years on Earth. yeah
1: and and and, because gravity can distort time and all that stuff it's very wild i don't really understand it would never understand it because he's dumb i I mean west bentley don't get it (laughs) if we can just tars if you can tell me about it what it is
0: tars is my dude so he's concerned about that because he's thinking constantly of his kids and he needs to get back to him he's the only one that's ever been on one of these missions that has attachments back to earth except for amelia who has her father they purposely picked people who didn't have any family uh, in the original 12 uh, astronauts.
1: Which uh, proves to be their undoing, which is kind of neat. In the, that's the whole point. Yeah, like they picked people who don't have empathy for others to save others. That's why they were so quick to like, well, I guess we're going with the fertilization thing. Yeah. When they should have had people like Cooper the whole time who would worry about saving everybody else. It's it's beautiful. Whole, and, and, and her,
0: um, we'll get there, but Amelia's just wanted to go see Edmonds that was the planet that they she was right it's like maybe love's guiding me to the truth and he's like ah, eh, probably not <laughs> sounds like some hippie dippy bullshit <laughs> i think you're just horny <laughs> um so yeah the, we get more tars jokes the case is the quiet one that's when that happens so he comes up with a plan to spend a, a minimal amount of time on the miller's planet that it only cost them the seven years uh and they're like damn that's actually pretty smart um but Romilly will be there for at least seven years alone, you know? And yeah. so he chooses to do that to keep working on the formula. So I don't know if we've talked about this, but Michael Caine's character, Dr. Brand, is supposed to be finishing the formula for gravity that will allow the fucking space station to leave Earth as a building.
1: Yeah. like he—he. He, I promise
0: I will figure it out while you are gone.
1: I've got about 19 chalkboards with digits on it. Clearly, <laughs> I'm working on it. You don't just fill those out in a day. That one's a Mad Libs. Yeah, ignore that one, and that's my takeout order. That's still in Thomas's book of
0: poetry, rewritten in shock.
1: Would you like to hear it? <laughs> <laughs> Do not go gently into that good night. Right. All right, I gotta go, buddy. Rage. I'm not finished. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so he he's supposed to be like he he's his his false bill of goods is that he tells Cooper and all of them like while they're going out and um finding out which planet that they can go to. Uh, that's plan B. He will ha- And by the time they theoretically come back from their adventure, he will, he will have finished plan A, uh, which is they can go to that planet. Like all of humanity can go on that planet, but, you know, obviously the, the, that's a lie. Yeah. I can't even do math. <laughs> I've been staring at the same 19 chalkboards for 23 years and no one's called me out on it. This is just Dylan Thomas's <laughs> poem in Barnary. It took a really long time. Would you like to hear it? (laughs) Do not go, (laughs) Jack.
0: Miller's planet is just a bunch of water, man. It's just a bunch of water. And it confused me at first because it does land. I thought I was like, does the plane float? Why did it put the landing gear down? But it's like like shallow water. It's like two feet of water. Uh, And they go to the uh, Miller's beacon and it's just pieces. And they're like, what the fuck? That's not good. Well, let me just walk toward the mountains then. And he's like, those aren't mountains. Those are waves. And he's like, that one's going away from us. And he's like, oh, shit. And he turns around and he's like, there's one coming to us. Oh, shit. It's real close. (laughs) So he tries to get fucking Amelia back in. She's dumb and tries to get the beacon info, even though what info do we need? This planet, not cool. Water, 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 (laughs) water. (laughs) Um, And so he's like, no, get the fuck back now. But Amelia is stuck. So they send TARS to go save her. Or is it case? I don't recall um uh case and doyle's dumbass gets swept away because he's just at the, he gets just, to the door he's just and he's gawking, like, uh. which i get i mean i don't know how i would react in that situation
1: he he, he yeah he lets uh doyle or no, i'm not doing i'm sorry uh case and amelia get in so he's worried about like his partner getting it first sure. but then he takes a minute to just be like oh shit that wave is real tall maybe uh, if he didn't do that i like, made it in
0: you notice coop manually overrode the doors you know, like he made a executive decision that Doyle was fucked yeah at at a certain point um and then so they all get taken by this wave and it's a crazy scene where he has to like ride the waves in the ship um and they have to wait another hour for the engines to fully drain which is of course another seven years on earth we don't know how long they've been there already um and then but it costs them according to Amelia decades that mistake yeah and he's like fuck because he's got his kids and stuff um and I love how that, with the time shift, that I'm not really fully processing. The movie walks me through this: that Laura Miller probably just died a couple of minutes ago. That's why her stuff was right there.
1: Yeah, because it's 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 a decade for them because it's been it's taken them a decade to get the operation mm-hmm. underway and over there. But the way time works on this planet, on that planet's time, she literally probably laid in like a couple minutes ago and got hit by that first wave that they saw in the distance, leaving them. Yeah. It's this is such a neat idea for a planet like in in this world of sci-fi where I feel like we see so many planets that look the same. It's a bunch of water, water, but like you can walk on it sometimes because the swell of the waves being pulled up into these giant tidal waves. You can also because there's a
0: fucking black hole right there that it's probably doing that to those waves. gravitational pull.
1: Yeah, is pulling the waves, which part of me wonders like these are smart people. Wouldn't they like be able to look at that and just be like, don't go there. That's too
0: close to the black hole. That's going to create. Well, they say that later. But I guess based on the info of Miller's planet, but
1: they also want to save Miller. That's part of the mission. That's true. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then they, uh, when they do finally get off of when it like everything drains, there's another wave coming. They like yell at each other. There's that little cutaway where they cut to a body floating on the water and it could be Doyle, but it also could be Miller's body,
0: mm-hmm. which is spooky. Yeah. Super spooky. But I, I think it's Doyle. Um, but he, he wants to go back in time. He's in the ship talking to Amelia and he's like, well, fuck man, I'm high too now. What if we just go back in time? And she's like, that's not a thing, dude. What are you talking about right now? Yeah. Um. And then they have that conversation where, you know, he's upset because he he couldn't tell Murph. It's like, wasn't she cool with you saving the world? And he's like, well, one of my, I have to make her feel safe is my primary objective. To you make know? your feel, children feel safe. And that rules out telling a ten year old the world's ending. I love that line. It gives yeah. me chills.
1: And what's um, really cool about this is that's exactly what her dad's doing to her. mm Hmm. Yeah, Dr. Brand is also not telling her the whole truth of the world ending. Oh, I didn't think about that. Like, he's doing the exact same fucking thing.
0: Yeah, there's a line from Dr. Mann that seems, because it's coming from him, um, sanctimonious, kind of, uh, or something like that. I don't know what the word would be, but he says... Um, Dr. Brand is a hero. He sacrificed his own humanity by having a lack of integrity to, in order to do what he thinks was right. You know, of course, that was painful for him. I think there is some truth to that, even though it's undercut by coming from the psycho. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but when they take, he's like, take off, motherfuckers. You know, take, you know, he flies away at the last second on the second wave. I think we see Doyle's body, but you're right. It could be Laura's. And it never occurred to me. When they get back to the space station, uh, Romilly greets them. And he's been waiting 23 years, four this months,
1: guy. eight days. Poor this poor fucking guy.
0: And he could have slept the whole time, but he's like, something felt weird about sleeping my whole life way. I didn't think you guys were ever going to come back. Um, so they have 23 years of messages from home. And one of the most famous scenes from the movie is that that shot of Matthew McConaughey weeping as he watches them. And this is racking sobs number two. Oh, yeah, this is such a powerful scene. Because he says, play it from the beginning. Um and you fuck. see Tom
1: you see Tom grow up like he see, turns
0: into t- KSH F- may turn
1: into KCS
0: F- like two different lightning light years of worldviews. Yeah it's like
1: <laughs> it's like the the twinkest of twinks to the most <laughs> biggest Boston accent dunkin' donuts drinking dude ever. Yeah, he's just the world <laughs> ground him down. To a pulp. And um, it's so sad because he goes from like, I met a girl, I think she's the one. Hey, you're a grandpa. now. look, this is our firstborn born child. Yeah, that the, baby cool? died. the baby's dead. So is grandpa. And you're not coming back. You're dead. I guess I have to let you go. Yeah. Fuck you. My wife, Lois says, I need to forget about you. And just like every time they cut to Matthew McConaughey going, just shaking his head like, no. <laughs> no.
0: And then when Murph finally no. comes on and it's because, Hey, it's my birthday. It's a special one. I'm the age that you were when you left and you said you'd be home. And It'd you're not be really cool. If you came home now, um, and then we cut to Murph as an adult, Jessica Chastain. What a great uh, sh- perspective shift it's too. It's so good because she like turns off the recording and, and then walks right over. Yeah.
1: And we uh, only really see her perspective. I like as what she's going through is happening at the exact same time. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Cooper's going through something. You're right. Which is interesting. It's a good choice.
0: She's been working with Dr. Brand on the computational problem of gravity. Um, and I'm not afraid of Jeff. I'm afraid of time. That's the biggest that's times a real son of a bitch. Have I ever read you this poem <laughs> by Dylan Thomas?
1: All what, the time, sir. Hello.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Um we cut back to uh, Amelia getting a message from her father. Um and age they, they realized Rage. Other than the time loss, they no longer have the fuel to visit both of the remaining planets. They have to make a choice between Dr. Mann's planet and uh, Wolf Edmonds, who sounds like a hot dude. Um, wolf, come on. Yeah, um, yeah, baby. Wolf pack. Shit. You call him the Wolf? <laughs> That's all you had to say. Wolf. Oh, <laughs> ooh. Um, Brand votes. Amelia votes Edmonds uh, because she's in love with him. And then Coop snitches on her to Romilly. And then he's like, so I'm calling an audible. We're going to Dr. Mann's planet because he's the best of us. Right. And he's saying that it's good to go there. So I think yeah, that, she, that makes she, the most logical she sense. Even,
1: she even saying Dr. Mann's praises that saying that she's the one that said she's he's like, the I, best
0: of us. I see what you're saying. But I think that love potentially is guiding me toward the right answer. And he's like, mm, I don't think so.
1: That's some hippy-dippy bullshit. You told me we couldn't travel through time. I'm being petty now. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, she does have some good science to back up her claim. She's like, the data looks great. Like, I think we should go here. And she ultimately is proven correct. But at the same time, they're operating under the assumption that Dr. Mann is also Also, presenting real good data. Oh, I just realized that
0: because they went to Dr. Mann's planet first, Edmunds dies. Yeah. Like he might've been alive if they'd gone there first. Yeah. It's real kick in the pants. We wouldn't have the two main characters. Bang. So that would. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta have that. That's what I'm saying. This movie has this cake and eats it too. And I normally like that, but it, I don't know how I feel about it now. Um, But we're almost there. So on earth, they're losing more crops. The corn's on its way out as well. Tom, I'm going to work Nelson's farm. And his wife's like, what happened to Nelson? He's like, don't worry about it. Um, (laughs) Um, and she tells him back on the spaceship that, Hey, you want to be a fucking asshole about love and stuff? How about this? If this planet, if you're wrong about Dr. Mann's planet, you're going to have to choose between seeing your children again and the future of the human race. So I hope you're as objective then. If she had hair. She would have went like that, but she doesn't. Um, and, uh, so she says that in a kind of a petty spiteful way, but back on earth, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Dr. Brand's dying.
1: It's two for Grace. It's fucking for Grace ah! out of nowhere. Uh, he just, he, Phantom himself. He just, it's such a nonchalant, like, cut to hallway of medical facilities. Like, yeah, he's dying. So you're like, whoa, Topher Grace? <laughs> Wh- when? At least it's
0: not a hide. Um, <laughs> and then Dr. Brand admits on his deathbed. At least it's
2: not
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> exactly. That would have been a real jump scare. Yeah, I would have turned it off. Dr. Brand is dying and, and says he Ugh. lied to her. Oh, forgive me, Muff. I hate this scene at the same time as I love it. For, forgive me. Because it's powerful. Because he's like, um, hey, I lied to you. Your dad was never going to come back home. And she says, "A very... I know he's about to die. Maybe his brain wasn't all there, but she's like, did my dad know? Which could absolve her of so much pain if he just said, oh, no. <laughs> and she's like, did my dad know? Did my fucking dad know? Did he, did he leave, leave me, me to die? And he says, do not, Do not go gentle. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Do I almost threw the fucking
1: noise. controller at my TV. Old age should burn in my back. Rage. Rage. I the dying of the light. <laughs> so did he know? She's like shaking. Yeah. <laughs> like, tell me. It's so
0: sad. But then he just croaks at that moment. Uh The whole equation was a sham. And there was a scene before this where she starts to kind of look at the equation in a different light. And she's like, wait a second your shit's all fucked up. You can't solve it this way. And like, and he's like, Yaha. <laughs> because it's, it's hinting. It's foreshadowing that he's purposely never going to solve this
1: equation. Yeah. Well, any, anytime anyone tries to like ask more probing questions about his uh, equation, he will either like, I'm an old man. I'm going to leave or just, I'm sleeping. Co- Cooper. Look at, the, look at the centrifuge of the building. Mm. Like, he's just always distracting people. Have you met tofu Grace? hello (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: so yeah he was he was trying to to distract her but he finally comes clean there was no point for them to come back the whole plan B is the only plan is the reveal there so Murph sends a message uh, that Dr. Brand died and also that did you know, Did you guys know it was all a lie. Tars watching the message and it, it, it seems kind of sinister. Like he's going to delete that portion.
1: Yeah, it really does. Do you know, cause they're playing with your expectation. Cause there's a lot of 2001, a space odyssey DNA in this movie. Yeah. So and you automatically kind of assume like how 9,000 is the villain of that movie. Yeah. So you just automatically assume there's going to be some sort of, you know, humans versus machines. Cause that's a, that's a pretty common sci-fi trope. Yeah. The, sci- the machines are always bad. And so that shot is very uh, misleading. I think it's, it's a little red bit of a red herring mm-hmm. for how the movie goes. So they get
0: to Dr. Man's planet. It, there's a fucking frozen cloud, which is a cool touch. Um, we, get, we get to Dr. Man's sleepy time bed and it's fucking Matt, da-
1: Matt Damon. It's the man of the hour himself. <laughs> Dr. Man. I wrote down a bunch of these puns just letting you know.
0: <laughs> He's awake. Then uh, he starts, it's such a powerful moment because he hasn't seen a human being in, I don't know, decades, years at he least. Immediately starts crying. He weeps. Um and it, uh, we we get to the Lazarus joke number four, because he's kind of brought back from the dead, literally, he says. Yep. Um, and it, there's 67 long day hours, long days of cold and 67 far colder hours at night. Uh, it's a pleasant 80% of Earth's gravity. Whee! Skipping around.
1: It's a real no man's land. But on the surface it's breathable air.
0: I swear that's a real thing. Uh, but man had destroyed his robot, said it got a little wonky and he needed the parts, but really he destroyed it so that they couldn't immediately see the data that would prove him lying. Yep. Um, Poor Kip. And then Bran gets the message via TARS about uh, her dead father. And then because it's Murph delivering the message, it it piques uh, Cooper's interest. So he's over there watching it as well. And then they get the rest of the message about the lies of the plan. And
1: then Dr. Mann cuts in. Now nah, that's. That's, actually, that's accurate. If you think about it, like really, like fuck all those people on Earth, right? How many people did you really like? We are the future. Think about it. We're cool. So let me ask you a question: um, when you when you first saw this movie and it's Matt Damon, Matt Damon is Doctor Man. Did you were you immediately suspect of him, or were you just like, oh, Matt Damon, we got yeah. another person here. This is fun. No, even even my
0: second viewing, I remembered very little of this movie other than the clips that go viral all the time, and so I actually didn't even register i think it's perfect casting because matt, matt's always such a nice guy
1: yeah he's always the quintessential hero and but like it's so interesting because when you re-watching this movie i remembered he was you know the the bad guy who turns on them um just listening to like what he's saying when he talks about it's like oh yeah this guy is like very unlikable if mm-hmm. you know if you have that context but the fact that he's matt damon playing this character does so much offers so much goodwill mm-hmm. towards that character off the jump. If Jesus you don't Christ, know where it's going, it's Jason
0: Bourne. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that was good.
0: Uh, this is where we get the toe for grace jump scare, by the way, because my next note is Murph. It's toe for fucking grave. <laughs> Murph is with Topher fucking grace. Uh, but Coop says, let me go home after he finds all that out. He's like, all right, if we're fucked, I just want to go die with my kids. Um, and, and Amelia's like, oh, okay. Um, and Murph is with Tover Grace and, uh, they need to get in a black hole to find the other half of the answer, which is what Romilly said, but Romilly has already said, there's no way to see inside there. I looked, it's really fucking black. (laughs) Uh, and everywhere, everyone in town is leaving, but to go nowhere, it's just their instinct to move out because it's getting uninhabitable there. Um, and this is where Murph's like, I have a feeling about my old ghost. The answer might be there. And again, this is where the movie's like. Why? Okay. You know, I know
1: you're a genius, but that's really, really smart. Um, but I think she's smart enough to know that all these gravitational lo- anomalies, like the gravitational the house r- anomalies the center of all that. brought her to, th- th- you know, that world of yeah. secret NASA and she never fully understood what was happening. And now that she knows that there's this big NASA, lie, she's like l- desperate for any sort of information. Like, well, let's start, let's go back to where all this started. Maybe source, the home my room. Uh, will provide any more gravitational. She's keys. in there playing Polly Pocket and shit. Like, hmm. I remember doing this. Remember <laughs> pocket? Here are my pound puppies.
0: She's not British. Um, He's my old Tamagotchi. And then they just die. Rom um, back up in space uh, tells him, uh, Coop to on his way home go by Gargantuan, you might be able to drop TARS off into the black hole and send, who can send data that we might need to get the whole, to still save the humans.
1: And TARS is a bro. He's, He's like, like, send me in that black hole, baby. Yeah, I got nothing to live for. I'm a robot. Yeah. He's a robot. He
0: has to do it. Right. He's correct. Um, and goes, <laughs> so then, but first he, for some reason he goes out with Dr. Man to help like secure the modules and set up base camp and stuff. It's like, I'll help before I roll out. Uh, make sure you get your long range transmitter. That's not a Chekhov's transmitter at all. Could you say at this point, he's man's best friend. Oh, Murphy is, did you write that down? Is that, I, dude, I have like 15 of these <laughs> <laughs> man of the hour. I get it. A yeah. lot of man puns. Uh, Murphy, uh, is back in her room. We cut, we cut between the two a lot. Like you said earlier, uh, Rom and TARS are at the broken robot. They want to salvage that as best they can. Um, we get the survival instinct speech where he starts to become like a fucking madman, mm-hmm. The mad preacher. <gasps>
1: mad I man. did one for Yay! you, Steve. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> um, he's a true man of the cloth in that moment.
0: <laughs> and Tom's family's lungs are too bad for them to stay. I guess Topher Grace is a doctor, uh, but uh, he's like an abusive alcoholic father and won't let them leave. Uh, so he punches the shit out of Topher
1: Grace. Well, there's this Insinuation that a lot of the town's people, their farms don't work. The blight has taken over. the The dust is too bad for the people, so they're all leaving their homes to live underground. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only safe place to live. Oh, you live want anymore?
0: me to live in your Hody-Tody nasa hole?
1: <laughs> yes, your nasa hole. <laughs>
0: Uh, by the way, during all this tension with the punching man, pushes Coop into the abyss. He says, every man for himself after <laughs> ripping off the transmitter. <laughs> do you see your kids as you're dying? Scientifically? I want to know.
1: He definitely isn't a man of few words. In no, this he's not moment. Cause the dude loves to hear the sound of his own fucking voice. Uh, he loves to talk. What I do like about this performance is like, you can tell that Dr. Man is a character you know, because he says like I resisted the urge to do this for a long time, and I was weak, and I I I I put up the all clear. And you can tell that he's almost been like, uh, re- like looking in the mirror and reciting the speech that he's given. Oh, he's Cooper. gone completely he's insane. Gone, and he, so he, and even like I I thought I could watch you die, but I can't. I'm too weak. I turned sorry. off his transmitter, so he doesn't have to hear
0: his struggles. And
1: he says something really, and this is so indicative of how what a prick. What main character Weasley energy this this character has is he says like few men have been tested the don't ju- don't judge me Cooper no one has been tested like I have few men have t- been tested less like I have fucking Romilly also lived by himself yeah. for twenty something years and he's he's not all there anymore he's not but all he's, there anymore but he's not a psychopath
0: yeah he's still cool he hit the crickets though
1: <laughs> that's true maybe if somebody left a uh, Doctor Man with sounds of the rainforest he'd be all right yeah. Yeah, uh, but he, I like that you line.
0: Know, Cooper's like you fucking coward, uh, and that's when he's like, "Hey man, don't judge me." Yeah, yeah. Uh, then they astronaut wrestle, and I love the because uh, <laughs> you know it's kind of lame because they're in the suit, so they're like, eh, eh, eh. Eh. but they have like the arm uh, squirts, the armpit that's, jets. <laughs> that's really cool. I like <laughs> the way that they use that. Um Would you say they're a man of means? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, But I love the line where he's headbutting his face mask to break it so he suffocates. And he's like, look, man, you got a 50-50 chance of killing yourself. It's a fucking great line, though, because man says, those are the best odds I've had in years.
1: You know? That, That delivery, actually, I love it. I love it so much. I do unintentionally laugh at it every time because the way he says it is almost like he's, he's Will Ferrell in a stepbrothers movie. Yeah. Those are the best songs I've had in years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean.
0: <laughs> the clown has no though. penis. Um, you're feeling your survival instinct kick in. Like all that madness c- creeps back into the, to the crescendo. I'm going to save all of us
1: for you, Cooper. Yeah.
0: What a prick. But he's such a dick. Coop's able to call brand. He finds the transmitter that brand uh, man threw. Or call Amelia, rather. Uh, and um, back on at the house, Murph starts burning the corn to set a uh, decoy. Mm-hmm. to a ch- To lure Tom out so she can go get the family to safety. And he is seeing Murph as he dies. So the science was correct about that. Amelia shows up to give him air. Um, and then he gets rescued by TARS and the gang. Um, back on, on Earth, Tom sees the corn burning and runs out there as planned. Rom is getting into the whack computer and starting seeing, seeing that the the data is is faked by Dr. Man. And right as, I guess he had like a failsafe in the computer, like it was um, booby trapped. Yeah. Because yeah. it blows up as soon as he is about to see the data.
1: There's apparently, I, I, I didn't have time to find it, but apparently there's a prequel comic book that you can find that is Dr. Man and Kip, his robot. And you can, because I think when he powers up Kip for the first time, you hear, you can hear either Matt Damon or the robot say like, please don't make me do this. Like, and that's the first thing he, that's what you hear when he boots up the computer right before it blows up. And that's like the last line of the comic book. Interesting. Something like that. Yeah. I meant to look that up, but I didn't have time.
0: Um, But then man steals the Ranger when he sees Rom blow up. And you know, uh,
1: one's man, one man's trash is another man's treasure. (laughs)
0: Uh, He, would he maroon us? He is marooning us. Yeah. Uh, That's what Coop says. Uh, but Murph's stealing Tom's family, she goes to visit her. <laughs> she goes to visit. <laughs> she goes to visit, visit her old room. Uh, and Tars has disabled the docking auto mechanism, docking, yeah. the auto docking mechanisms. And uh, I love that joke where Coop says. What's your trust setting? Because he had done that in advance, you know? And Tars said lower than yours, apparently. And I fucking love that.
1: Like, <laughs> that's so clever. The, I, another clever thing about this relationship between, Ta- like, specifically Cooper, Tars, and uh, Case is in the beginning of the movie, the, the robots, <laughs> I don't know if they me- meant to do this, but they kind of insinuate that the robots sort of replace Tom as the son to Cooper. Mm. Because in the beginning of the movie, when Tom is driving the truck, he's like, slow down turbo. And then he calls both of the robots turbo by the end of the movie. Like I think one time when Kip's flying, he calls him turbo. And then later on, when I think TARS goes into the black hole, he's like, good luck turbo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just kind of a funny, like
0: you're my real (laughs) son. Yeah. But also the Lithgow character too, because they're sitting on the porch, drinking beers together at the end, him and TARS. Um, Oh yeah, that's right. So he kind of both a surrogate father figure and son. Um, you can have your cake and any too when you're, when you're a robot. That's right. That's right. Marv's going through her old stuff. Man is attempting to dock. There's imperfect contact. Uh, and how cool was this scene? It, it's so tense because it's his arrogance that undoes him. You know, his panic and his arrogance that undoes him. They, they're begging him not to because it destroys their ship. Look, man, we'll work it out. Look, we're really mad at you. Sure. However, do not. You're going to blow out the airlock. We're, it's bad. You can hang out on the other side of it. Maybe we'll just give you your own room. We okay. won't talk to you. Um but he's like, you guys are going to, and just explode. I everything. love how they
1: don't even give him a chance to do his heroic, like hold the line speech. Cause he's so high on his own supply. yeah, and So fake. And he starts to go on this noble monologue. Uh, speech, and then he's just gets blowing out the airlock. It's yeah. so good. Uh,
0: and then there's a the split second of thought and Cooper's like, cause it starts spinning like crazy, uh, from the, the, Oh man. Uh, what's, the, what's the word? What's the word? Centrifugal force. no, it's like there's ki- the kinetic energy of the explosion is is like rocked it into
1: spinning and it's falling into the atmosphere and, and, and Coop's like doesn't have a fuck it
0: and yeah. uh, they're like it's literally not physically possible for you to dock and he's like I'm gonna fucking dock that bitch oh,
2: <laughs>
1: he has a he has a kind of a cheesy it's not possible action. it's necessary it's necessary <laughs> which it works but this scene works so good because the tension's ramped up the Hans Zimmer score is just serving you can tell how hyped I am by the score and the tension
0: because my notes are tars locks that shit up in all caps? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just and, so hyped. And you can tell that the and again, the the robots are his children because earlier in the movie, when he does like a sick landing on um uh, uh Miller's Planet, uh the one I think a case is like, you know, you're gonna have to slow down, and he goes, like, caution don't get you killed, Case. Mm-hmm. And then in this scene, when they're ramping into the the high speed, Case goes, this is no time for caution. Coop yeah. like, like throw it to the wind. Let's yeah. go buddy. Both of the wall. Yeah. Don't be a bitch now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a robot. I don't actually care if I die. <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> uh, but then they're actually, after they, they do dock successfully, they're, they're heading into gargantuan's pull. Oh, so how are they going to get out of here? Uh, he decides to, uh, they, they have a plan to, to slingshot to Edmund's planet. Um, but the, it involves dropping TARS into the black hole, which was the plan anyway. Cause she's like, we can't do that to TARS. TARS is my dude. And he's like, I'm a robot. Okay. Yeah. I literally have to do what you tell me. Uh, but then there's a cool line. Uh, the only way human beings have ever figured out to get anywhere is to leave something behind, which is who oh, it gave me chills. <laughs> Cause you know, there's a sacrifice. Every time you get a promotion at work, you're sacrificing time from your family or you you know, you move to another city, you're leaving friends behind. And yep. it's, it's, it's great line. It's deep, man. It's got me in the feels. Great line, uh, and then
1: uh, and real quick we we haven't mentioned this, but I do think it's cool how the the production design of the endurance their like mothership mm-hmm. is a clock because it's, tw- it's twelve pods in a circle. I didn't even think about that. Isn't that neat? That's such a and it's good spinning, clever like, idea. A clock, yeah. The
0: time is the whole. Oh, and the scores. Does one of the main song theme is called time? Yep. Um, and we
1: didn't even uh, we we didn't even talk about like the most genius thing about the music on Miller's planet specifically is the ticking in the score.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, every film bro knows every bit of trivia from this movie, but some of our listeners aren't film bros. That's true. Um, the score, the ticks on that planet, every tick.
1: It's 60. It's a 60 beat for, per second. or er,
0: one day on earth. I think yeah. the whole day. And so it's every second is like, a tick, 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 and that's how much time is going by. Yeah. Uh, also the cornfield People that are film bros are cringing, and they've heard this a million times. I know. The cornfield, uh, at the beginning of the movie, Christopher Nolan actually planted that cornfield and grew it. It is real corn. Um, it wasn't like a, a farm that he bought or rented. It was just they, they bought an empty field and planted the corn. And then at the end of the movie, he sold all that corn for a massive profit uh, and made like a couple hundred grand on it. So... I didn't learn the actual figures because it's kind of an eye. It's the equivalent of, uh, did you know that George Clooney went to NKU (laughs) (laughs) maybe locally? It's the, I think it's the equivalent of Viggo Mortensen broke his toe and he kicked that helmet. Oh yeah. Uh, It's just like, Oh really? Oh, everybody knows it. Right. But
1: do not go gentle in that good
0: night. Using the slingshot maneuver is (laughs) (laughs) going to cost them. It's going to cost them 51 years. Yeah. Uh, So, what's a few more? Yeah. Fuck it, man. Uh, And then, oh my God, this is one of the final times of racking sobs. But Amelia is so grateful they drop Tars off in the black hole. Black Tars. He's in the other spaceship, the other Ranger. Um, And then uh, she hears the notification from Case or something. I think that Cooper is detaching, right? And she's like, "Wait, what? You didn't tell me, you know, something like that." And he looks at her and ninety percent honesty. And I was, oh fuck! Oh, what yeah. a good callback. Um, sorry, I just stopped myself from crying throughout talking about this movie. If
1: I can make you laugh in this, in this, I was also weeping. Uh-huh. But if you look in the screens, when they're, you're looking at the two different pods that Cooper and Tars are in, Tars got one final joke in before they sent him into the black hole, and the name of their two shuttles are lma one and lma two. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It's like L A dash M O one. Yeah. Did he name them that? la-mo oh yeah yeah i think i think it's Tars who's in charge of setting that up but yeah (laughs)
0: left my ass off one and two that's funny um koopa jacks uh when first he goes through the black hole and he's like scientifically in case anybody's listening reporting on what he sees uh it's really dark it's holy and black in here Uh, because there's not much to say flashes of light and darkness uh computers are kind of walking out uh I just beat my top score on
1: Gallagher. <laughs> shouldn't have said that. Um, i getting updates from the Weatherbug app somehow. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg's in here? Holy shit, Elon Musk bought Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> just on his that doesn't make any sense. Why would he do that? <laughs> Ain't that the Tesla guy?
0: He's on the... Um, He's going through the black hole, and he's in pain physically. He starts to freak out, and at some point, his ship tells him to eject. Imagine that, like ejecting into space, yeah, into a black hole, just like it's scary like, as I'm fuck. dead
1: because you assume you're just going to be ripped apart by gravity. Yes,
0: and then I mean, his he should have already been like a crushed can. Oh right? yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So he ejects, and all of a sudden, he's not dead. He's in this weird dimension. And he realizes he's on the back of Murphy's bookshelf. Um and it's in in real time on Earth, Murphy picks up like her old toy that fell off when she was a little girl. And he can see through the shelf and see that toy when she's a little. So it's cool. Like the editing's really well done. Um uh and he, he realizes the whole thing where he did say stay, because he types stay Don't in Morse let me code. Leave, Murph. No, 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 no. And at the same time, old Murph is realizing that. Um, weeping. i mean, again. I'm weeping you throughout were, this whole thing. You were my ghost, <laughs> and then parents are just the ghosts of their children's future. Yeah, this is a four and a half star movie. Easy, dude. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. Um, but the, so the 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 other twist is that Tars is also in the black hole, still reading all of the the. Hello, Cooper. The, yeah. yeah. Hey, hey buddy. I'm, I'm here too, somewhere. But he's reading all the the information that they need to get to. Murph. And so they realize that the I've use- got it
0: all. I just know where to talk to her. Oh, this is a doozy, Coop. Did you know Elon Musk bought Twitter?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tars, I heard it too on my way in. That's, that's wild, man. Donald
0: Trump is elected president in a couple of
1: years. You're shitting me. <laughs> <laughs> the guy from Home Alone? <laughs> Home Alone too? Oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, so this, they find themselves in some sort of like tesseract where, which is just a Cuban. Four dimensional space. I think that's the definition. It's of a tesseract. the thing
0: in uh, Avengers, yeah.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. It powers the heartstone or the soul stone, whatever the fuck. But um, these fifth dimensional beings that have been trying to help humanity throughout this whole time have constructed this tesseract specifically for Cooper to communicate the the equation that Murph needs to save humanity. And they constructed this for me, but but really. They chose her. This whole time, he thought they chose him to go on this mission. They actually chose her to solve the equation. He's just the one that's going to give her the answer that she needs in order to save humanity.
0: Yeah. So gravity can cross dimensions, even time. That's the only. Way, that's the way they can communicate. But what like, T-
1: T- Tars, I'm the one that sent the, I-, I sent myself here. That's the whole realization, yeah. right? And what also. Uh, can travel between time and space of. under the gravity? Love. And the one thing that these fifth dimensional beings could not figure out is the uncomputable power of love. Like Cooper has to find the exact point in time to give this message to her. But there are no fifth dimensional beings. That's us.
0: It, it's them. It's us. That's it's the people. thing where the movie's like, so they evolve at some point. Is, is the movie saying that millennia, millions of millennia in the future, Future humans, yeah, are the ones that sent, mm-hmm. made sure that this happened so that they could exist or something, right? Yeah. I guess, yeah, uh, because the one sent the message is him,
1: and the one that I
0: don't know, man. I
1: was, um, I, I was listening to this thing from Neil deGrasse Tyson because, of course, why right? not? And, and, like he, he said something in this really interesting way, where like we as humans can perceive space, but we can also perceive time,
0: even though there's they're the same thing, space time.
1: Well, he was saying like, so the interesting thing between the two is um, we can move around in space. We can walk forward, we can walk backwards, side to side, but we are shackled to time. We can Mm -hmm. perceive it, but we can't move within it. We're locked in to the present. And I just love thinking about stuff like that. It's so neat. And, you know, here it is, like apparently humanity has evolved into these fifth dimensional beings. We can do time, space. uh, uh, Yeah, he's moving around uh, in this this area that they've constructed for him to be able to
0: perceive it that way. Yeah. Uh, through all these different eras of time, the way that quote unquote they can, you know? Yeah. Um, but the way it was explained to me, um, is that space and time are the same thing. It's called space time. And what gravity is, if you picture space time as a blanket, gravity is like a bowling ball set on the blanket, which is why it sinks, obviously, which is why things are drawn toward gravity in Mm -hmm. that way. And, uh, I think that that's really neat, but I love this moment because you've got Matthew McConaughey and his specific brand of charisma um, floating in this interdimensional space, shelf. frantically figuring this out. And then you have TARS like, so your plan is for me to send this data to a fucking little girl. In Morse and that, code. And that's going to solve, and to a child, not just any child, you know, it's like, <laughs> she's a genius, but he also means like, it's my kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's a really good movie.
1: <laughs> it's just a good move. Um, yeah, it's so, and I did see a fan theory that I thought was cool where the TARS is in there at the same time as Matthew McConaughey and the, the, you know, uh, Matthew McConaughey's descendants and humanity's descendants are sending, are sending this message to him from the future, but also Tars's descendants. So there's like maybe this, you know, humanity and, Machines have worked together to achieve cross-dimensional th- perception. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was cool. Like, yay, TARS is his son. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you really want TARS to be his I son. I want TARS
1: to be his boy. <laughs> so they decide to
0: code all of this massive amount of quantum data into the watch in Morse code by the way that the the second hand ticks, like between dashes and dots, right? it uh, so would take
1: a long time.
0: TARS does that by like...
1: I think he's telling Matthew he's McConaughey, telling McConaughey that what to do.
0: Who's tapping the fabric of time. Yeah. The, the gravity strand or yeah. whatever he's popping around with. Yeah. To manipulate the watch hand. Um, so Murph notices that when she grabs the watch. Right. And then she runs out and tells Tom who's super mad that they tricked him. And then he's like, dad's going to save us. I got a watch. And I love how he's just like,
1: what the fuck?
0: <laughs> a, f- a farm. I know you farm corn. I know you corn, <laughs> but now you know, corn no more. And she has to talk to Tom that way. <laughs> Do
1: not go quietly into that good night.
0: <laughs> so she solves it. Kisses Topher Grace. Eureka, which is apparently like a scientist thing. It's tradition. Uh, uh, the the bulk beings are closing the Tesseract. And he's like, they're us, dude. I, I love that. That panic as the, the reality closes around him and what happens now and it goes white Uh, because that's (laughs) that's what we know of death is nothing right what happens now right before that moment Um, and it turns out like he's being he's the one that shook her hand you know yeah through that dimension
1: yeah it was was him all along it was Cooper all along at
0: this point I don't know what happens and this is where the movie is either a perfect movie and I don't Get it yet? Or once it's cake and eats it too, and stays over too long, which is my initial reflex reaction. But Cooper wakes up in a hospital bed in the future. He's 124 years old. They found him (gasps) floating in space.
1: Well, they they spit him out where the original wormhole was by uh, Saturn, and that's where their space station. Is is by Saturn at this point in time? And
0: they're like, oh shit, that's Cooper.
1: It kind of leans into the <laughs> is, is that Cooper and it, his
0: robot that oh, he loves. His cool, his, his son robot, and then him and the hot chick who's also a main character can fuck. Yay. And it's like in the movie, it was like it was, oh, okay, Let people fuck on <laughs> Wolf Edmund's body.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I and we, don't, the only thing we don't get is the reunion of Amelia and Cooper. Yeah, which is like. I know I'm criticizing the movie for giving me too much. There's a reunion between Murph and Cooper. Cooper gets to still be young and live a full life with a new planet. Uh, Amelia's fine. And we can assume that they, they get together and get married. Cooper now has like this big ass Cooper family because all the embryos. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Because um <laughs> oh, Murph had an entire <laughs> yeah. giant family. Um yeah, well, humanity but we don't is propagating. Get to see again. Amelia C. Cooper. And it's like, you gave us everything else at this point. It's a Disney movie. Fuck it. Let me see
1: it. Well, I,
2: <laughs> <laughs> quack, quack, quack,
1: quack, quack. I'm okay with not seeing it because to me, the emotional core of the movie is Murph and Cooper. Father, daughter. And that's the reunion. If you have that reunion, nothing you do after that. It's like him being reunited with, with Amelia isn't going to be nearly right. as cool as that or emotional. So I think it's better to end on the, like, we don't know what the future holds anymore and mentality, but like, we know they're there we can assume they find each other and they start the colony and then 30 years as a thriving humanity on a different planet. Yeah. Um, but I do kind of like that they end it in this way where we get that, that, uh, uh, that catharsis with him meeting Murph and then you just can, and the we space know station's the crazy
0: is. because there's like buildings above buildings and like Inception looking thing because they've solved gravity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like
1: there's that because, shot because that where they like, that they're playing baseball and the ball like goes up and breaks a window that's above them because that's how the <laughs> And, and the they're like, woo! Yeah, yeah, home run! <laughs> Damn kids.
0: Uh, yeah, the whole space station is named not after him but his daughter, Cooper Station. Nice of you to name it after uh, me. There's other stations too because she has to travel there too because they. F- she heard they found him. Um, she's so old now.
1: <laughs> this is Murph Cooper we're talking about.
0: They built a replica of his old farmhouse which is just a <laughs> monument. Uh, and that's where all of the, the old folks that we've seen talking are just at this monument on TV. That's that
1: documentary footage coming back. Yeah. Uh, he rebuilds TARS. He does. 95% honesty, 75% Get, humor gets his buddy back. Do uh, you want to try us <laughs> 55
0: auto self-destruct in 10, nine. I love that yeah. joke. Um, she confirmed how much you loved farming, <laughs> which was that she was trolling him. Uh, but he gets to see his now ancient daughter, <laughs> Uh, and then goes to bang Dr. Brand on Edmund's planet.
1: What, what did you think about the reunion between the two? I
0: thought it was beautiful.
1: I love his opening line of, um, like, he holds her hand. He's like, you told them I love farming. Yeah. <laughs> and just that little laugh that she, oh, it's it's played so well uh, by Ellen Bur- Burstyn. She's that little, like, cute little, like, ooh, I got you one yeah. last time. I thought I knew that was going to be fucking funny. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? Even though, how did she know she was going to see him again? It's there was, there is one nice touch when he goes into his pre built home for the first time. And there's that dude's like, I wrote a paper on you and we built it exactly how you had it. And he goes over and he goes to like there's wipe no dirt, dust. like dust off the table, but there's none cause it's pristine. And he says something like, I'm so tired of pretending that we went back to the way things were. I want to see where we are, where we're going. Yeah. Where they been? Where they been? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, i want not too
0: much for this pretending things are right where we started. I, I,
1: I don't want to go gently into that good night. <laughs> I don't want to rage, rage against the dying of the light. Yeah, you know. But what yeah, he, he he steals a ship to theoretically go go find Brand in a strange galaxy. That's right. Under he, the light of our new sun.
0: Warner Brothers, give us the sequel. What's the sequel? It's just an erotic thriller on Edmunds Planet. <laughs> i almost said a really dumb joke <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> thank you for abstaining but god what a good movie i mean it's it's rare that talking through it makes me realize how much i love it more uh but i think i think that's what has just occurred yeah. so i appreciate you all for I witnessing this, this uh what a good goddamn movie thank you mike mike you're the man what we a appreciate you and uh look forward to all the stuff if you don't listen to our lost coverage Uh, You don't know that next week we're doing three movies Tenet, which is very much in line with this one, Uh, Action USA, as well as Kung Pao. Kung Pao. Enter the Fist. With a very special guest, as far as I know. Um, I know for sure that he's special. I just meant I I think he's going to be able to have the time. A very good friend of mine. Um, and we're doing a Star Wars marathon, all 11 of the Star Wars movies very soon. As we're starting that the week after that and knocking through the rest of the Patreon-demanded movies. Uh, movies like Starship Troopers. Ooh, uh, Moneyball. Am- Moneyball. Amadeus. Look forward to those. Uh, we're going to South by Southwest in March with tons of great coverage of that. And then we're starting Fallout in April on Prime Video when that comes out, the, the show based on the video game. A uh, bunch of good stuff coming for the rest of the year. So, thank you for supporting the show. Look forward to a really cool year on streaming things. That's all the time we have for right now. My name is Kit. And I'm Steve. And we have to go return some videotapes, but do not go gentle into that do good that night, night. night. Happy stream.
1: Happy streaming. <laughs> Michael Kane here. I think you should listen, So, download, and subscribe to this podcast. I lied to you. It was a bad podcast. I lied.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We were never meant to subscribe. We were (laughs) never meant to subscribe. (laughs) Or like.